0: Hi, everyone, and welcome to the podcast version of Of the Comics, by the Comics, for the Comics. I'm your host, Pat Truer. Thank you for joining us today. Repeat listeners, we're always glad to have you back. And for all you first-time listeners, all episodes were previously recorded on a live virtual show in which we invited five stand-up comedians from around the country to join us to perform a five-minute set by each one, followed by a group roundtable discussion about comedy. Today's episode, we have performers Tammy Pescatelli, Paul Farver, Irene Tu, Mal Hall, and Brent Gill. Very excited to share this episode with you as we cover topics in the group discussion during the second half of the show, ranging from having kids while being a comedian and how that can change your career for the better, as well as what we, as comedians, think comedy will look like for comedians and in general after the old pandemic is over. If you haven't figured it out by now, uh, this is me giving you an introduction so you have some context to what you're about to hear, which is the previously recorded episode. Alright, here we go. Of the comics, by the comics, for the comics. Good evening, everybody. Welcome to Up The Comics, By The Comics, For The Comics. I'm your host, Pat Shure. Thank you so much for tuning in this evening. Very happy to have you. Very happy for all the performers that we have tonight. This is uh, this is awesome. You gotta say, like, things are opening up again, but yet, one of the amazing benefits of virtual comedy is that we are able to bring performers from all over the country for you here today. So, I am so excited. Uh, on the show today, we have Paul Farmer, Irene Tu, Brent Gill, Mel Holland, Tammy Pascatelli. I'm super, everybody, thank you so so much for being it. Also, uh, for our audience members, uh, I appreciate uh, all the warm messages, the get well messages, and for those of you who don't know, just getting over the old COVID, uh, it's great. I uh, I feel fantastic. I uh, I've gone back to not washing my hands. Uh, I walk the wrong way down the grocery store, and I'm back to having unprotected sex with strangers. So basically invisible. It's fantastic. Ah, uh, no, I'm not. Just that last part was stupid, but I am not washing my hands. Uh, <laughs> (laughs) So... Uh, anyways, the, uh, for the first time viewers, uh, I'm super excited. The format of the show is we're going to start, we're going to hear what everybody's been up to, and in the first half and in the second half of the show it's going to be like a, a virtual roundtable about comedy. Got to hear some stories about uh, things that have happened over the course of people's comedy careers, and so without further ado, I think we're just going to get started. Our first performer, uh, Paul Farmer, I met in Chicago, uh, a, a fantastic comedian who used to be a lawyer and then pursued his dream of comedy, and uh, and the, he did a, a wonderful job for me joke at the yoke uh where he headlined there he's got a regular show at the laugh factory he tours all around the country uh paul we've, we've got to do a lot of virtual shows together buddy and we always just kind of talk shop but i want to ask you uh how has
1: quarantine been treating you it's been good hey guys thanks for having me uh great to see you pat it, it's been good i've been uh you know obviously like all of us uh I wasn't allowed to do comedy in places that we traditionally do for the last eight, 10 months. So like the only places I could do comedy were like places that didn't believe in COVID. So uh, <laughs> so I got to go to like some places that have been on my like, you know, bucket list forever, like Arkansas. Um, <laughs> I, got to, I got to go to Arkansas twice uh, this summer. Uh, first time I went was in... March no I'm sorry first time I went was in June and I went to this gas station was wearing a mask and the old man behind the counter just looks at me and goes nice mask pussy I'm like all right (laughs) I'm like see there's this whole pandemic going around the world it must have missed Arkansas And uh, (laughs) and then when I went back there a month later in July I went back to that gas station and uh And he was dead. So it all worked out, right? (laughs) Yeah. But yeah, no, I was, I was like, uh, I was super safe uh, for the first few months. I was like quarantining, uh, testing all the time, wearing a mask everywhere, wash my hands. And then um, I came to Florida for Christmas. And then within two days of coming to Florida, I got COVID. Uh, (laughs) Yeah. I was like really lucky. I got like the mild, like Sarasota strand. It was like cute. It was, I was done in like, I was done in like two days. It was pretty awesome. But like, but like you said, like, it's awesome. Like I've had, I'm like invincible now. I haven't washed my hands in a month and like, um, I'm like uh, licking doorknobs when I walk in, I like go up to people now and greet them with wet willies. And then I'm like, Oh, I'm just kidding. I had it now. Now do me, do me. Like, I'm just like, it's been awesome, but um, the one thing that sucked about getting it, obviously, a lot of things, obviously, I'm, I'm grateful that I had a mild case, was that, you know, when we quarantined, uh, I had to miss some opportunities because, as some of you guys know, we were talking about before, uh, we get opportunities to act sometimes, and the week before, my agent had called me and said uh, he got me apart based on just my ethnic background, and I was like, "Yeah, I don't have to audition." He's like, "Yeah." I'm like, "I'm in." He's like, "Yeah, you're gonna be in a Christian rock video." And I was like, "Hell yeah!" Like, I was so excited. He's like, "I didn't." He's like, "I didn't even tell you the details." Like, you the details. So I'm like, "I don't care." Like, I'm a Middle Eastern, Middle Eastern, half Muslim, half Jew. I'm gonna be the star of that video. <laughs> I'm either blowing shit up or I'm killing Jesus. Like it's a win. <laughs> but then I had to, uh, then I had to, then I had to tell them that I could not do it. And then right away, he's like, "It turns out they have an understudy ready to go." And I'm like, "Who is my understudy? Like, how many half-Muslim, half-Jews are there ready to go? Like, do they have like Mohammed Goldstein waiting in the background?" <laughs> oh, no, it's it's been. Uh, it's been fun. I, I actually have been here uh, quarantined with my brother and his family. That's what took so long getting in because I had to like find a room. And I was hanging out with my, uh, my 12-year-old nephew. He told me to wear this shirt that he bought me for Christmas. You guys like it? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, me. And like, yeah, this is a great shirt. He's like, yeah, it matches your hair. I'm like, all right, go fuck yourself. <laughs> <laughs> You're <enough>. adopted. <laughs> um, so. Which I probably shouldn't have said to him because he has red hair and uh, he's sensitive about it because no one else in the family does. But um, (laughs) (laughs) but yeah, he's my uh, my brother's kid. And uh, my brother used to mess with me too. When I was younger, I I got really fat and my cheeks got so big that my eyes got smaller. And my brother said I was adopted from an Asian family. So we'd go to like the grocery store and there'd be an Asian woman and he'd just look at me and go, that's your real mom. (laughs) Now every time i see an older asian woman i think it's my mom and i want to suck a teeth but um (laughs) when i got my brother back right because uh my nephew he's 12 years old he hates donald trump and donald trump came on the tv and he was just staring at the tv just yelling at it and i just look at him and i'm just like that's your real dad, like. <laughs> <laughs> You're from Florida, he's from Florida, you have orange hair, he has orange everything, that's been you for 40 years, brother. <laughs> that's, that's been fun, that's, so that's what I've been doing here in, uh, in quarantine, Pat. All right, Paul. Thank you, Paul, very much. I
0: appreciate that, buddy. Great way to start us off. You know, uh, a lot of people often ask me, they're like, Pat, isn't it awkward clapping by yourself in your home?" No, I do it every day after I brush my teeth. It's a tremendous confidence booster. <laughs> uh, so uh, listen, uh, our next performer, I'm very excited about. Uh, we, we met over when I reached out to him over Instagram to do an Instagram live. We've never met. I, I actually reached out to quite a few men over the internet this past year, and he was one. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, uh, he's a wonderful person, he runs a lot of great shows, uh, tours all over the country. Uh, Mal Hall is his name. Mal, currently uh, touring the country from a train, coming to us from an actual train right now. <laughs> and uh, Mal, how has uh, how has COVID changed your life the most?
2: Um, hey, everybody. Good to be on. I am, I am on a train. So at any point, you're going to hear the, the Amtrak conductor over this loudspeaker, so I'm going to have to really try to time that out. Um, (laughs) The the pandemic has changed my life. The biggest change in my life has been um, I moved in with my mom, all right, and I never thought I would move in with my mom, but I live in Southern California, and my fiance and I were renting an apartment in like a nice part of San Diego, and we're like, well, we're just wasting money in this lockdown, like we can't go anywhere. So this rent money is literally just evaporating, right? And my mom offered, she goes, I have like three empty rooms in the house, why don't you just move in with me? And we were like, well, that, you know, just makes sense on the surface. Let, let's do that. And then we, we moved in. And I realized, you know, it's not worth it at all. You know, the <laughs> money that we're saving, it's not, Worth of. My mom's Asian, so I have a. I moved in with my Asian mom, which all moms are crazy, but Asian moms are like the elite of the crazy moms. <laughs> uh, and I, I realize, I realize that, um, I realize that, whatever your parents' favorite age of you is, like that's the age you're going to be in their eyes forever. So I'm 15 again except now I have a fiancé and a son. It's terrible. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) I have chores. I have chores again. Um, I'm impressed that we're still in this pandemic. Like, I didn't believe it was going to be a thing. Like, one year ago yesterday, I had a Taco Tuesday with some friends of ours, and the guy, the husband and that couple, is from Texas, and he's like, "Um, you hear this pandemic is coming have you bought canned goods like you ready for the for the lockdown it's like there's going to be no lockdown dude this is america we're going to watch this pandemic on tv and fast forward to now you know i'm on a train doing a show for you guys <laughs> uh, <laughs> this is... so i've been impressed by a lot of things i was impressed that the mask was such an issue oh, there it goes the thing We're in fullerton now. (laughs) All I have to finish. (laughs) By the way, we're supposed to be wearing our mask at all times, and my loophole to not wear the mask is that I'm drinking this beer. (laughs) Okay, I think she's done for a little bit. So, the, the thing, the mask being a big deal. Really blew my mind. Like I didn't realize it was going to be such a big deal. Um, like I love the mask. I don't know how you guys feel. I love the mask. Like I love the main reason why I love the mask is because I'm a mouth breather, and so now nobody knows that my resting face is just dumb. You know, like, <laughs> <laughs> like I have to wear this thing. If I wasn't wearing the mask, you would catch me in public. Just I like, was on that guy. Just, uh. Duh. Such a big deal, the mask. Um, my other thing that impressed me in the pandemic is people's commitment to eating at Applebee's. Like, that was one of the businesses <laughs> that set up chairs outside. Like, you can now eat outdoors at Applebee's. It's like there's a million restaurants you could eat at. Why are you at this fucking Applebee's, dude? I, uh, <laughs> Like the, pain, like, the pandemic at the beginning felt like, do you guys remember high school when uh, you got a long-term sub and you're like, hell yeah, we're not going to do anything for a while? Like, that's how the lockdown started. It's like, we're not going to do anything. We're going to learn how to bake. We're going to catch up on Netflix. Now it's like, you know, we're at the point where it's like, I want to learn again. Like, I can't wait for this teacher to come back. Um how should I, okay, I'm going to end this with some things that work. I, uh, I'm a dad. I'm a dad and I love it. I love being a dad. Um, and I'm learning, like I'm a millennial dad and I'm learning that the world has no confidence in us and they shouldn't, right? Because millennial men are not real, right? Like they stopped making real men in 1979. They shut the factory down. (laughs) Technology has come a long way. We're not going to need these dudes anymore. And now we're here, millennial dudes. And and I realize oh, she's going to come back on the loudspeaker. We're going to leave the station right in the middle of this bit. I already know it. Um, <laughs> so great time to wrap I it realized, up. I realize, <laughs> yeah. I realize that I realize that they have no confidence in us because they put pictures in things. They know that we don't have tools, so they put like disposable tools in things that you need to build, and they put pictures of how it works. Right. So perfect example car seat. I installed car seat. When, uh, when we were expecting my son all these dudes, millennial men are like, did you have somebody check your work? And I was like, what are you talking it's not a math problem, there were pictures in there, it's very easy what are you talking about, did I have someone check the work? And they're like, well I took, when we had our kid, I took the car down to the fire station, I had these dudes check it out I'm like, those guys are 22 years old, man, they don't know anything like, they don't know <laughs> nothing about how to put in the car seat either <laughs> I guess I'll just leave it right there, because she's about to talk I love it. Okay. <laughs> All
0: right Val. I appreciate you making it work from the train. Terrific. We're going to keep it going. Our next performer, Brent Gill runs a fantastic comedy, the Boulder comedy show, uh, a regular comedy works in Denver, uh, many shows in Los Angeles, as well as a fantastic YouTube channel. Uh, Brent, I know that you've been traveling a lot this past year. How has the travel been this year? <laughs>
3: Dude, uh, man, man, I've been an animal. I, I, I'm not afraid to admit it. I, I've been traveling. This pandemic didn't stop me from traveling once. Like <laughs> I, I, yeah, yeah, I know I, people think I'm a piece of shit. I was flying to and from Denver. I probably took, I am almost to silver status with Delta just because of the pandemic. <laughs> like I, like I, I'm, I think I'm at 19 flights. Like I got like five or six more to get to silver status. Uh, and and I had to switch to silver or to to Delta because uh, oh sorry by the way I do want to say I love that Mal got heckled by the fucking train operator that's probably the best part about Zoom shows is is that you can't even see the heckler that you're getting <laughs> I just wanted to point that out uh, that was pretty great um, but. The, the, uh, so I used to fly Southwest all the time. And my last straw uh, came recently when I was going from Nashville to LAX. And it's a, obviously, it's a cross country flight. And I thought that Southwest was still doing no middle seats. Well, little did I know that this was one of the first flights back with middle seats. And boy, did they sell the shit out of this, dude. So, I'm a list on Southwest Um, and not to brag or anything, but uh, I, I, I get to board first, right? So I get on the flight. It's a 6 AM flight. I'm I'm still like halfway drunk from the night before uh, and I get very front row window seat. Pretty cool. Right? Everyone in here flies a lot. We can all say front row window seat. Pretty cool. Now, Couple people later, another fat guy comes on the plane, sits in my row at the aisle seat. Ooh, mwah. yes, that is <laughs> that is perfect. That is, two fat guys in the front row is as close to first class as you can get on a Southwest
4: flight. You know what I mean?
3: So I'm pumped. I start man spreading. I put my earbuds in. I'm getting all wide and everything, and and I'm I'm I'm, I'm pumped. For this because anyone walking onto this flight will see that middle seat and be like, I I feel like there's something probably else. There might be an emergency row still open. Like you could be the last person on this seat and you would have seen me and fat guy number two and been like, is there any overhead space that I could crawl into in the back? Is that possible? So I I thought smooth sailing from here. Now B boarding group starts loading up and I'm talking B one through 30. Starts loading up. And this fat guy gets onto the flight and he sees that middle seat and goes, Oh cool, is that seat taken? And like, at this point, like I I eat edibles, like when I fly, right? So at this point, I'm so high that like the facial recognition feature on my phone stopped working. You know, like at that point, like like, where you try to like open your eyes more and you just open your mouth, just like that. that, That's where I'm at in life right now. so, so all I can do at this point is I can just point to the fat guy in the aisle and then I just kind of grab my right boob. And then all I can say is just like, I mean. <laughs> <laughs> and this guy goes, cool, man, I think this is gonna be great. And he goes to sit down, like the, he like starts to wiggle his
4: ass cheek.
3: <laughs> <laughs> and at this point, I'm fucking furious, okay? Because this dude has broken the rule. He's broken the number one rule amongst fat people. And I don't know who is in our, our audience right now, but if you're not fat, you don't get this. All right. It, just, trust me. Like ask your fat friends. Okay. N- next time you're down in Alabama, just go ask your fat <laughs> friends about this, which by the way, I, I, I told this joke a couple weeks ago in Alabama. And at this point, no one is laughing. And I'm like, am I just telling this joke wrong? Or is it not landing? And then it dawns on me in that moment that I'm not fat in Alabama. You know, like I'm like a solid eight in Alabama. So so this guy, so I'm furious, but I'm not going to get up and let this B boarding group piece of trash have a two seat front row on my aircraft, Pat. It's not happening. So all I can do is push my shoulders back, which is the ultimate dick move when you just move your shoulders back and you're the, the you know, window seat. I push them back and I go to sleep. Now, about an hour or two later, I get woken up because I realize my arm is getting wet because this dude is sweating through his shirt onto my bare skin. My bare skin, Pat. Bare <laughs> yeah. skin. And so all I can do, because at this point I have to remind you, he's broken the rule. All right. So there's no more honor amongst fats at this point. So I say to him, I was like, Hey dude, uh, do you have another jacket or maybe a shirt you can put on? Cause I'm getting a little moist over here <laughs> <laughs> and all he says, he goes, ah, I don't, I'm sorry. And then he sits forward like this for the rest of the flight. That's a lot of forehead. Uh, But, (laughs) and if you're feeling bad for him, don't. I wasn't the one that made the decision to shove a third pee into a pod made for two, okay? We looked like three little Smokies just in there, which looks delicious, but we've already eaten. Now, we we finally land, and when we land, he gets off the plane first, and I'm behind him, and we're in the airport, and he turns around, and he goes, hey man, that whole sweating thing, fuck you. (laughs) and I was like fuck me dude you broke the rule what do you mean fuck me you sat between two fat guys on a cross country flight and he's like well I'm sorry I didn't think you were that fat and I was like well thank you I (laughs) (laughs) appreciate I was like, no, no, no. I'm not going to let you reverse Jedi mind trick me, you sick baby Yoda. And then we started, like, arguing (laughs) back and forth. And as we're arguing, out of nowhere, fat guy number two from the aisle walks by us, stops, hears us, comes back and goes, actually, dude, fuck you. You broke the rule. What were you doing? (laughs) That guy's on a cross-country flight. (laughs) Like some fat Judge Judy came in and just laid a pudgment down. Uh, So – after that we shared a Wetzels pretzel and uh just went on our way. It was pretty great. So
0: <laughs> all right. Brad Gill, way to close that. Nice up. Sprinkle. it's like and then i found 20 bucks yeah, yeah. <laughs> so all right i'm so excited for our next performer our next performer tammy pescatelli uh, just a, a, a ridiculous amount of specials uh, a national headliner was introduced to me through alonzo bowden and uh, i've yet to meet her in person so kind of like irina not sure if she's real but uh, her career certainly speaks for itself so uh tammy i want to ask you how do you think the comedy has changed uh this year this year
5: yeah, well, if my career is speaking for itself, it's saying help right now. <laughs> it's definitely being held hostage by some weirdo somewhere. Uh, I mean, a year ago this time, I, w- I had I'd done the Today Show, the Tonight Show, a new special, Showtime special, uh, another part on Blue Bloods. And then my I lost 237 dates in an afternoon. And people were like, aren't you disappointed? And I'm like... I'm married, I get it, man. I understand <laughs> disappointment. I live for disappointment. And that's the one thing, like you guys, like I look, Brett, I love in the back of your house, I, I'm trying to figure out if it's cheese Whiz or Whippets. I don't know what's going on back oh. there. Oh, <laughs> it's your I don't know what it is, man, but whatever it is, it's very interesting. That's the great part. Like You don't have to tell us not to judge people on race or religion. We're judging people on their houses now. That's why I have a fake background back here. I don't want you to see my house. it's it's insane. I've lost my mind during this whole thing. Like, I'm not saying that I was ever solid or together or nice before this, but I'm saying (laughs) now I am so at a point where I am not putting up. If I see you, you Irene, you were talking about TikTok. I have been unfriending people in real life. If you are too old to twerk, let it go, man. You're just twitching. You know, you're not dancing (laughs) when it's an eight count. If you have to say five, six, seven, eight. Unless you are a rocket, shut the fuck up. Get out of here. I'm so tired of everybody. I'm swearing, Pat, I don't care. I don't think that I think we're allowed. Look at this. It yep. looks like all of a sudden I'm turning into the Hulk when I move to a certain area. I feel like before I'm poor. I morphed it into Elvira. <laughs> uh, people are saying the dumbest stuff like you know did you get your your uh, vaccination yet no i traded my vaccine for a ps5 for my kid i'll be dead soon <laughs> you know uh i can't i had covid um and i still can't smell which with my nose is really not fair don't <laughs> have, that's how you know that i would never be named karen um <laughs> uh, uh what else? My husband had COVID. He almost died. Um, not from COVID, but because almost killed him because he's a whiny bastard. My God, <laughs> up. over and over. I should write some of these down. Really, um, I got. I just got exhausted. I mean, I, I talk about fat, Brent. Listen, do you know, I gained so much weight that if I want to slip into something more comfortable, it's going to have to be the dark. I'm so. <laughs> Fat and I'm wearing rock concert. Look, and I got my Run DMC shirt. That's all I wear anymore rock concert shirts and my old soccer shorts. Umbers, I'm them back, man. Um, I don't know. My kid is home. He's 13 now, which is a bizarre age, right? On homeschool, talking to 22 kids in a class. I'm trying to do a Zoom call in the other room. The guy asks me because it's a it's a like a USO tour thing, and the guy says, "Have you ever worked with the veteran comedian Dick Capri?" And I'm like, "Oh yeah, I love Dick." And uh, then my kids' whole class, you know, mocks him because it got worse because my husband goes, "No, she doesn't." Um, whatever. I made a mistake. I picked the wrong one. Uh, I don't know. It's just been. I'm so sick of dumb people. I went to the store the other day cause I live in Pennsylvania now and things are starting to open up, but I went to work. Like, I. I would work sporadically every once in a while. Like I was down in Florida, Paul, and that was, that was like a completely different planet and you know, and uh, you have to post about it on your Facebooks and, and your Instagram and not your Twitter. I don't do the, TikTok, obviously. Maybe you could make up a dance about Florida. I'd probably just go ugh. Um, (laughs) But but wait, did you see me leave? When I left while you guys... I didn't mean to leave while one of you were on because one of those stink bugs showed up at my house. You know those stink bugs that Amazon brought over? They all showed up at the same time. Um, I just had really... You know, I'm upset. I lost a whole chunk of material that I had about Prince Harry and Meghan because of that damn Oprah interview. So I can't make (laughs) fun of anybody. i feel sorry for him. Because I have dealt with a lot of depression. I've dealt with a lot of mental angst, especially during this COVID thing. Like I was really sick. I was up for days trying to figure out if anybody told the Amish. We <laughs> <laughs> just completely locked down and they just trotted out. Like, what happened to the English? You know, what happened? <laughs> so, I, No one's kind enough to go tell them. Um, am I almost done, Pat? I don't know what to say. Yeah, yeah you have uh,
1: about 30 seconds, Tammy.
5: Um, I'll say this uh, I'm trying to be a little bit more altruistic on my own part, but I don't need you to donate for me. I don't need to buy a pair of socks and you give a pair of socks away because that's not really donation. Basically, what these companies are doing are holding us hostage, saying, if you really gave a shit about homeless people, you'd buy our socks. But if you don't, we're not feeding them either. Uh, That's new. So whatever. Uh, I don't work anymore, you guys. Uh, Oh, welcome back from the train. Well, I think I'll, I'll go. Uh, I don't know I just these things are bizarre I appreciate all of you I will say this I miss comics that's what I miss I miss when comedy was just for us and not strangers yeah, yeah. sitting four people deep in their living room trying to judge us about our acts <laughs> they probably don't even have pants on right now <laughs> the end
0: well, I mean, hey, Tammy, Tammy, Tammy that's uh that's a great segue to the second half of the show. talking about missing comics. Now we're all on the screen. Now it's to everybody. Now it's just a kind of a free forum. Uh, but, uh, everybody, first of all, before we get to this part, just thank you so much. This is so fun uh, having you all here. And, uh, and you know, this is just a free for all. So, uh, for our viewers, uh, we're just going to have a round table here and I'm just going to kick it off with a question. And, and Tammy, since we have it, uh, what has been a turning point in your comedy career, Tammy? And then and then this is just how everybody's going to go through. And we'll just see where it goes from there.
5: Um. Well, I mean, so many things, but really probably the biggest thing, like I could tell you that the career changed with the Montreal Comedy Festival and last comic. But then my real thing was having my son because I was 37. Like I, I'm like one of the only I got pregnant by accident, basically. And I didn't know <laughs> You know, I'm serious. And like that you think about, it. I told you, my kid is 13, 13 years ago when I said I was pregnant, my agent told me my career was over, you know, and it's one of the best jokes I ever wrote because he said he'd never seen a pregnant woman on stage. And I said, apparently he'd never been to a really bad strip club.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, never been to El Paso, yeah. buddy.
5: They told me to hide it. They told me that, you know, because and now I see so many great young female comics doing what they want to do, showing up pregnant and everything else. But I think that that for me, I think that was a changing point because I just comedy took second place for the first time in in all those years because I was like, okay, I'll be his mom. Cause I could either pay for college or therapy, and then, um, <laughs> yeah,
4: you know, yeah. and then
5: just try to bust it out from where I am. And then I think I started working harder and got funnier. If that's possible, I don't know that I'm funny now, but you know what I mean. <laughs> not that, yeah. not that I could I be funnier. I mean it, like you know.
2: Yeah.
5: If you think that you're funny, like do you guys all think that you're funny?
2: I don't know. Uh, it's no, a weird I don't, they, thing,
5: right? Like, you know that you can do the job, but the people who really think, oh, I'm a killer, I'm a monster, usually aren't.
3: Sure. right? I think I have exactly. friends that are funnier than I am. Like, 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 I, have, like years, I have non-comic friends that yeah. I'm like, yeah. Hustle, oh, that was fast. Right, that, yeah, that was really yeah. good. Uh, but I also know, like, yeah, you couldn't- We know re- that you work, yeah, we know, know that you're
5: good, right? Like, I think that's, that's one of the things we forgot in this whole pandemic is, are we funny? And I think that's sometimes you need that validation. I always, I never thought that I was, I never thought that I was a killer, but I always thought, okay, I could do the job. I'm funny. I I had moments like, you know, the other day I, it was uh, the TV was on and they were saying it's over here. It was like the windshield was minus six and uh, right. Crazy. And I go, Oh, that's my new nickname for my sister-in-law. Minus six. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, oh, okay, yeah, that's funnier than the average. I'm going to call her windchill from now on.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Mal, you were starting to say something, buddy. We're about the when uh, asking and think you're
2: funny. Oh no, I was agreeing. Like, I don't think I'm funny. I think I know how to do this job, and I. Um, but if you meet me, like when people meet me at parties or whatever, and they find out I'm a comedian, they don't believe it because I'm not the clown at the party that's trying to make people right. laugh. I'm yeah. kind of just chilling and, you know, making observations or whatever. I also, um, I relate to the having a baby, how it sort of changes your mindset with this thing, because my son was born June 1st, 2019. So the last two years, I've just kind of been like, it's just changed my my motivation and how yeah. I get after this, this comedy, because I want like I was kind of started doing dad stuff but it's like I want to be a great dad for my son because I didn't have that like I was raised by a single mom that's why I'm living with my mom now but it's like that job is so serious that I want I know that I have to be some level of great at this so I could set him up to have like a way better life than I had and it's like it just raises the stakes for what we do Yeah,
4: that's cool that's cool So what you're saying is I'll be funnier if I have a kid? No. (laughs) Let me tell you something. It really, I, no, but what you,
5: it's the partner in your life. Cause I don't talk about my kid at all. Okay. Like I'm funny in spite of what those idiots, those assholes that I fired (laughs) that afternoon when they told me to hide my pregnancy, um, in spite of what they thought, but a partner somehow, whether good or bad, is so inspirational, <laughs>
4: like, you know, I mean,
5: because if it's not them, it's their family. Like, i always watched, didn't you guys watch that thing with Megan and Harry? I'm like, you didn't know that his family was crazy? I yeah, right. right. I knew I was gonna <laughs> fall into the crazy I had deprogrammed out of myself.
3: <laughs> it's like, that's your fault for not seeing that one coming, you know, like, not you, the uh, Meghan Markle. Uh, like come on I really (laughs) had to clarify that not you remember
5: Uh, that respectful comment (laughs) Brett listen Brett stop with the whippets (laughs) (laughs) by
3: the way that's butane for dabs for hash oil she can do dabs with it with a blowtorch. It's all pretty cool okay, stuff. Great. Listen,
5: dabs are way more complicated right than mine. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: listen, I want to ask. Listen, Paul, uh, you've been a little quiet. Paul, let's let's go to the the either the turning point or just like uh, like being the funny person uh, and like expectations
1: as a comedian. Well, first of it all, really, I like that he took Whippets and he's like, oh, no, no, this is for hash. Like he just went up to you. He's like, don't mess with that. I'm going to do heroin after this. It's a Thursday. Fridays are when I do the meal. Yeah, like he like, oh, it's for hash. Okay. Fridays are for meth. For comedy, for me, um, yeah, I mean, along with what Brent and Matt, uh, now said, I was, I definitely have friends who are non-comics who are way funnier than me. Uh, or more funny than I am. And I, uh, it's just funny that people off stage, like I I remember meeting some other people's friends and then they're like, Oh, he's a comedian. And they're like, Oh, he didn't seem funny. It's like, well, yeah, we're not on stage at like, especially after a show. Like we don't want to, I mean, for me, at least I don't want to be funny. I want to be, I don't need to be on. I like doing shows with, there's other comedians now that I'm getting more headlining shows I'm starting to work with these people. And you know, you can tell, like, I was like, did I do that too? Was I trying to be funny to the headliner? Like when I was a feature host, I'm just like, Hey dude, we're just, we're just getting waffle house. You don't have to be on. Right <laughs> now. You don't have to be on right now. <laughs> yeah. Like I, it's definitely more I, the, the part I and going on to what Tammy said before, the thing that I've most the, missed the most about comedy. And while what I've got to experience it while I've been in Florida here is just hanging out with comedians. Like, cause for me, Um, I don't have, like, I'm, I'm an older comic, but I started late. So, um, all my friends are married with kids and I can't really relate to them. Right. And I used to be a lawyer. I can't really relate to that either. So I can only relate to other comedians. But then again, I'm like hanging out with these comedians like Brett who are doing hash and I don't, I don't, like, uh, Do it, hash. <laughs> Do
5: it, Do it hash. hash. I think
3: that's how
5: Pat is paying us, <laughs>
3: with hash.
2: You <laughs> yeah, of course you're here. a
3: lawyer, Paul. <laughs> <laughs>
1: My drug days are over. Like, when I was, yeah, like, I don't, but it's just, I, I miss <laughs> hanging out with comedians, because, like, I can relate. They, they understand, we all understand what we're dealing with, especially during the pandemic, like, how scary and crazy it is, like, when, when all our right. shows were canceled, all our opportunities before COVID, I was on my way to moving to L.A. I had a show that had been pitched and we were possibly going to start recording in Burbank. And then, I you know, festival slotted South by Southwest, all these things that were like going to make the greatest year of my life. And then it all went away. And I'm just like, OK, I just quit a well-paying job to do this, like how- But your
5: funny will not go away. And that's the one thing you have to keep holding on, right?
1: Yeah, I mean, that's, I'm, I realized the first two months where I wasn't doing comedy, what was the self-doubt that was created was, like you said, Tammy, we're not able to see what we're able to, we, we don't see what we're able to do when we're not on stage. And then I remember the first show I did back in June, I did a show in like Oklahoma. And like within the first, Half of the first set that I did on stage, like, I, I called, like, right after my set, I went and, like, emailed. There were a couple shows that, of places you don't like to do shows. I, I like, messaged them. I'm like, yeah, I'll do whatever show you want. like, <laughs> I'll do that $25 show in, in, you know, Gainesville, Florida. I don't care. Because yeah. I, I missed it so much. And I was like, this is what makes me happy.
3: You start doing triple runs again you're like oh god what have i done
1: (laughs) (laughs) i didn't want to say that like there were certain places where i'm like uh a hundred dollars to you know but then i was like yeah i'll do it because i've missed it that much and it was and then you you come up with ways to make it work like i and i will say this about doing shows again like people are so happy doing that you do the live shows i mean i've sold more merch at shows uh in, in 2021 that I did like in the last three years alone, just from the, you know, the minimal shows I've done for the first three months. So people are ready wow. to support. People are trying to tip you after a show. I'm just like, give it to the other guys. Oh, yeah. okay. <laughs> I was a I'm a lawyer. Yeah, I was a lawyer. Don't worry about it.
0: Uh, uh, are you sure you're a lawyer? <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
4: okay, okay. I say that because I'm looking at the room you're in and there's zero art or furniture. <laughs> <Where> <laughs> no
1: degrees are you? either. No
3: degrees. <laughs> you you nah, said this said
4: this is I'm child.
1: staying in my family's in Florida. Like oh, in okay. a, I like Oh, I had to find a room, but yeah, this room clearly hasn't been decorated.
3: Yeah, it's so a standard
0: okay. Florida room. Just like there's <laughs> a picture on, on the floor there. It looks like the
4: room that I lived in when I was in college. That's why I was like, "What's happening, Paul?" I was like, "What kind of lawyer were you?"
1: (laughs) I did this from my show, my my uh, my Zoom thing, as Pat will testify. I have billions of five dollar pictures behind me of my favorite comedians and. All
0: right, great. Uh, listen, I listen. Paul, why we could talk about your interior decorating for hours on end. I just, uh, uh, Irene, tell us this past year for you. Like, what have you been missing? What have been some notable moments for you?
4: Um, yeah, I mean, same with everybody else. I really missed doing comedy. Um, I feel like every comic I texted during 2020 was so depressed. Just inside our house being like i mean i'll do a zoom show and uh that's that's the only comedy that existed was like on the computer and it's like hey i'm glad to be doing it but again are these people real do they want this <laughs> yeah. are they wearing pants what's happening <laughs> um and uh i guess i'm just happy i am in la so i i stuck it out everybody else left and i'm like <laughs> no i will continue paying rent in la because I want to be one of the first people that are here when stuff comes back. Um, <laughs> so yeah, I'm just like trying to stay hopeful and uh, there's outdoor shows again. Again, they also pay not very, nothing pays that well right now. They're like, here, here's a half a pizza. Do you want to do the spot? So <laughs> <I'm like, "Yeah." laughs> like, you pay me $50. Okay. I'll give you $50. <laughs> I'll do the spot. Um, but I, it is really nice doing shows with other comedians. And then, um, sometimes like, you know, you'll tag each other's jokes and you're like, Hey, that's a good idea for a joke and something I never thought of. So that's yeah. been happening a lot recently. And I feel like I've been more creative now in 2021 than I was in 2020.
2: That's like the best part of the post-show hang too. is like being with comics that you respect who watch your show and go, have you thought about this angle with that thing? And it's like, you can't talk to regular people about these stupid joke ideas, but other comedians who are also, you know, have the same weird like lizard brain that we have will (laughs) give tags and perspective that you're like, Oh dude, like it was right there, right in front of me. Like, why didn't I think of that? And, and that's like, like um, the best part about doing these like outdoor shows is that minimal post-show hang where you're like, just get to feel like oh we're talking shop again pretty great
5: is it just me or you've been on that train a long time it was daylight when we started the
3: show <laughs> are you going to narnia where are you <laughs> going
5: i'm like a that's like was oh, it oh, no, yeah. nine and a three quarters where did you get the train so from? i
2: started in san diego and we're just now pulling into la like i could see no LA, i believe you i'm downtown. just yeah. <laughs>
5: <laughs> I, I think it's humbled us all a lot. And I didn't know that I needed humbling. I yeah. always thought I was pretty humble. Like, but I realized that if you'd have told me before, Hey, you're, you're going to go play a drive-in.
1: <laughs> you know, bullshit.
5: Like, no, I'm not. I'm going to yeah. stay home. And, yeah, yeah. uh, you know, I think now I'm excited for the drive-in show and the, the 17 people that show up and try to talk, you like, I'm happy and grateful for everybody, but I'm also in the death demographic. So,
0: you know. Tammy, you're saying like the 17 people, but the 17 people I found are gracious audience members. They right, That's what
5: I'm saying, thrilled, yeah.
0: Yeah, just so exciting. And I gotta say, I love the outdoor shows. I mean, but you know, I'm a Colorado mountain guy and I was doing shows in Steamboat and uh, one the audiences were amazing, but the couple of elements that were surprising to me uh, at one point during my set, an osprey, which is a large bird of prey, think, flew dumb? audience with an enormous fish in its talents. Wow. <laughs> I guess, well, there's an osprey with a fish. I can't.
3: Wow. <laughs> That's the most Colorado shit ever, Pat. Yeah, yeah. you guys right.
5: love that stuff right in Colorado. You go to Colorado and they're like, hey, uh w- wanna wanna I'll see you Wednesday. You want to go for a hike? No, I just how about lunch? Do you have a roll? <laughs> of water? I, like that. I don't want to go for a hike. That's you guys have been dying to do outdoor shows. You'll never go back in.
0: Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I it, it was true. The other thing that outdoor shows introduced to me was uh actual cricket sounds. Uh, that
2: was,
0: (laughs) I bombed on a joke and I heard about four crickets and I thought
1: this is a new low. (laughs)
3: That's funny. That's like actually getting the hook like in real life. That's, you know (laughs) what I mean? Hearing literal crickets. That's uh, (laughs) tough.
5: I once really slipped on a banana peel. So that happened. (laughs) Uh,
3: Brent, you're always good at asking
0: questions, buddy. What what are some questions you like to ask some of the fellow performers here?
3: Well, uh, I mean, I just, well, uh, shit, I don't know. Has anyone else, like, has anyone else gotten a different level of focus on their career from having a year off where you're like, you really started to shift from trying to do it all to, you know what, fuck all this shit, I'm going to do... These things that make that that I want to invest my time in and then you just kind of like dove into it or have you all just been like, oh, or have you or have you done the exact opposite? You're like, oh, I want to do a bajillion things right now because I have nothing to fucking do (laughs) because I went the opposite. I did three things. I'm like, I'm focused on these things and that's it. And I, and I I really kind of, for me, I
1: did, I did the opposite. Almost. I did a bunch of things, but the one thing I will say that the pandemic uh, helped me with was I know what my end goals were. And I was, before I was like, okay, I'm going to do this, this and this. So I get to that. Right. I started thinking, are there ways where I don't have to take, you know, do these other things to get to what I want? And can I do what I want on my own without you know, waiting for the gatekeepers to, to green light something. So like, for me, like, uh, you know, some of the shows that I've created, um, you know, p- people were telling me I needed to do this, you know, this game show or whatever to make it happen. I'm like, well, I don't really want to do that anymore. I just know yeah. what I want to get to. And I know that um, I'm not saying I want to, you know, I, I, I respect the process, but I, I was wondering and I started thinking about how can I do, how can I get better at my craft to do what I want without doing the things I don't want? Yep. That makes sense. Yep.
5: The- I think the fact of the matter is, is that, you know, I think we all are starting fresh. Um, yeah. Because the world had changed, comedy had changed so much anyway. Look, it doesn't matter. Look, look at me. I've done seven Tonight shows, but I have less than 11,000 Instagram followers. So what does that mean? It means I just really didn't get on Instagram, but that's important. So the world was not necessarily about who was funny. This is not a meritocracy. Comedy isn't, you know, and you have to just sit back and it allows everyone to reinvent themselves and it put the brakes on the glut of people coming up behind pushing you out of the way. If you're funny now, you'll be funny next year and you'll be working because you're a proven entity.
3: right?
5: And that's what, it, it took me even a second to sit down and go, okay, just take a deep breath. Maybe I'm not gonna be working to the amount, uh, the level that I was or the money that I was making, but I'll still work. I'll always work until the day I decide not to work.
0: That's good. Yeah, the pandemic with uh, just kind of a shift in focus or just uh, just how things changed. Right, so I had truer laughs to business for almost two years prior to the pandemic, and I spent a lot of time going to corporate groups trying to sell comedy. And they'd be like, "We got Cirque de Soleil.
3: We have uh, <laughs> like we
0: have David Blaine coming. We have all we have a we have an '80s cover band." And it was like, uh, we don't know about comedy. We're not so sure about this. We're worried about it being appropriate. We got all this other cool stuff." And then the pandemic hit, and all of a sudden. Cirque des was not an option. And now, like all of a sudden, it went from a change to where now the phone calls were coming to me, which was amazing, which we were able then to create these shows. It's like so for me it was so grateful because I was so frustrated of like just constantly getting shut down for in-person shows to sell to corporate groups, which I knew were good. I mean. Paul's been the only one at Joke of the Oak, but, uh, you know, it was a fun show and we had something good and uh, and it was great. Like now you guys have all been a part of the corporate shows like we we figured out a nice way of putting it together for, you know, because it's a different game. But just having that of like the role reversal of now comedy is so important and everybody's saying, wow, we really need a laugh. We really need a laugh. Wow. We really everyone's so depressed we want. And can you help us? Can you help us? Uh, it's, it's such a game changer. We're like, people wouldn't even reply to my emails. People would barely talk to me at networking events that I would like pay lots of money to go to, to develop business with. Uh, And now I'm getting the incoming, which is like, just the importance of comedy i think it's been it's really shown through to me of how important laughter is and uh just how resilient it is through time uh i don't want to i'll get off my high horse now but
5: uh <laughs> hey man you're the only one i know that had an osprey with a fish in its mouth
3: it <laughs> <laughs> makes you yeah
0: you win <laughs> so uh guys we've got about <laughs> five minutes left does anybody have any questions they'd like to ask anybody else
4: So I ask no. a question
5: can I ask a quick question? yeah, and Irene, I'm not trying to put you on the spot, but I'm so curious because listen, I didn't even know when I started that there was any kind of disparity being treated as a woman because that was my norm, okay, like I mean, I just wanted to be a comic, but I realize now when I look back and I know better, you walked into the clubs you I was getting either not sexually harassed as much as just being treated as less than by everybody, whether it's the audience, the club owners, some of the staff, even fellow comics. I feel like it's changed. For me, I can't have a good picture because I've been in this game for so long. So I would hope that it's changed. And every, I think a lot of people know that I'm not putting up with it. If if they're going to give me something
4: different. Do you feel like it's changed? You're young in this. Do you think it's changed? Um, I mean, I feel like there's a lot more female comics now and, you know, like For people sure. of color are doing comedy. But I also, I'm like so non confrontational and like so positive. Um, I know, contrary to what my standup is, uh, <laughs> <laughs> that I mean, I personally feel like. Uh, people have always been very nice to me and you know given me opportunities and spots and stuff and I'm very grateful but I I mean sometimes like like my home club will put up like a lot of uh shows that are only dudes um mm-hmm like in a row where it's like okay or like there was another club that i worked where they're like oh i accidentally booked two gay people on the same show but i mean i guess it's too late now so we'll just leave it and it's like (laughs) what i mean or you could have just like it would be fine and it's not like we're the same comic at all you know what i mean it's like me and like a gay guy (laughs) where it's like our comedy is super different um and it wouldn't over, like, it's going to, the show's going to be fine. You know what I mean? Like, funny is funny. You know what I mean? Like, unless we're telling the exact same jokes, I get it. But they don't really feel the same way if it's, like, three white guys. You know, they're like, oh, that's fine. Like, no one bats an eye. But if it's like, oh, there's, like, two gay people on the show, it's like, we don't want to make it too gay, you know? It's crazy. That's kind of like the only time where I'm like, oh, it's not really that equal. Because people will think it's like, oh, we can't put three women on a show. Or like, even if it's like two women on a show, sometimes it's like, ooh, we don't want to make it too lady heavy. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, oh, uh oh. And it's like, oh, cool. There's more female comics. But then there's, in a way, sometimes there's less spots because they're like, oh, we want to make it diverse. But th- by that, they mean like, oh, one female comic and then two guys or three guys is fine. But like, God forbid, two or three female comics on a show is too much. Yeah, so yeah, like, that's
0: oh, okay. incredible to me. Uh, it, 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 like mind blowing of like that, that, that people still have that mentality because it's like there's no secret of like the best comedy show you can have is a super diverse comedy show of like, yeah, it's hey, we need to like, let's have as much age range, uh, sexual orientation, gender identification, whatever it is, because you have an audience of, let's just say a hundred people. They do not all have the same sense of humor. Uh, And it's like, it's so, it's frustrating for me. Uh, I mean, Paul, you would see shows in Chicago, not really that diverse for the most part. Uh, And that was like, it's like, all right, let's, Change it up a bit and like make it so it's like more appealing and all and just like more enjoyable for the performers as well. Of like, this is how it should be. We should all be there. But like, yeah, three white guys, three guys that look like me in a row, that's gonna be
3: awful. Like, it's gonna be there. Great. Better be a lacrostic on that show. <laughs> <the> <laughs>
0: Uh, All right, guys, uh, before we go here, I just uh, I want to give everybody a chance to just plug whatever they want. Uh, And so let's just go. I'm just going to go by the order. I'm seeing people. So Mal, I know you're uh, you're about to get off the train, buddy. So anything you'd like to plug. Uh, Probably reliable Wi-Fi. Um, He's going (laughs) to plug
5: those amazing T-shirts.
4: Yeah. Yeah.
3: Like Obi Wan, follow
4: follow him on something. That's what he yeah. does. Follow him on the train. Follow,
0: follow Mal on social media at Sorry, buddy, we can't hear you. uh Tammy, what would you like to plug?
5: I'm on Blue Bloods in a couple weeks, uh playing a mob wife. What is the odds of that? <laughs> <yeah>. um, I'm <laughs> turning follow it. Me into me email Mr. Richard Bell. My specials are all up on uh Prime, so do that.
0: Fantastic, Paul. What would you like to plug, sir?
1: Uh, just follow me on Instagram at Paul Farbar or my website, Paul of Comedy. I've got uh, upcoming shows that are happening in Florida, Arizona, and Chicago. Awesome. Terrific. Irene, how about
4: you? Um, yeah, follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Irene underscore two. That's T U. That's my last name. Um, yeah, hopefully see you at a show online or in person soon.
0: Terrific. And Mr. Gill, to close us out.
3: Uh, please follow me on Instagram at IamBrentGill, but more that I can't give a shit about. Subscribe to me on YouTube, uh, Brent Gill Comedy. Uh, that would be great. Terrific. All right.
0: That's it, everybody. Uh, performers, I really appreciate your time. Uh, and uh, working with you is a real delight. I I do honestly feel like I improve every time I watch any of you perform. Uh, and so thank you so much for doing this tonight. I really had a lot of fun with everybody. And, uh, yeah, everyone, I just uh, I can't thank you enough. Everybody for watching, thank you again. That's the end of the show. Uh, tune in next week, 7 o'clock Mountain, 8 o'clock Central, 9 p.m. Eastern, uh, Thursday night. And that's it. Thank you so much, everybody. Have a great night. Nice
4: to meet you.
1: Later.
0: That's the episode everyone thanks for joining us like
1: subscribe share you know what to do see you next time